medicine properly. All right, so Kuda and Daniel, welcome to the podcast show. Yo, 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 what do you do, man? Thanks How you guys for having doing? Us. Thanks for having us, bro. No, no problem. How are you guys doing? How's the virus treating you guys? Well, the coronavirus shenanigans. Yo, uh, it's keeping us at bay, man. It's, it's got its good and it's got its bad. Yeah. And it's yeah. got its really, really bad. <laughs> so there's, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's... Pretty yeah, much. But live to it. <laughs> All right. So listen, um, I think before we get started and we start talking about music videos and everything you guys have done, I need to know your journey. And I think it's quite important because the production company can be a cutthroat business. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of people fail to understand exactly what it entails. But Kuda, let me start with you. Tell us your journey. Exactly how did you get into this? Okay. I mean, before we go anywhere, how are you doing, man? I forgot oh, me? Oh, dude, I'm yes. doing well. I am doing very well. I found a way to keep sane um, during mm-hmm. this virus. And I'm, I've been fine. I've been fine. I must admit. No, that's good to hear. That's good to hear, man. Yeah. Okay, okay. And you, Muchimba, how are you doing, man? Because we're not in the same room right now. So I can't speak for the both of us. Uh, dog, I'm all right, bro. I'm all right. Away, 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 away. Aight, 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 aight. Okay, talk about the journey. Okay, so how did I get into filming? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay, where do I actually start? Okay, uh, so I, I think this actually got in, it actually went into full swing in 2012 when i was looking like for a job so that i can you know make ends meet and be able to take my girlfriend out at the time okay you know so dan and my other boy actually it was mojo who told me that yo man there's this guy called jojo and he sells dvds if you're looking for a job you can pull up you know he had like an interest in film you know i liked watching films like i was the movie guy like when people want movies would come to me like even before 2012 you know so Started working for him for a few days, you know. I mean, he's a vulgar guy. He's very offensive. And, you know, I think Dan would understand. Yeah, Dan would know that this guy's a bit offensive and stuff. But then we we started kicking it. Yeah, uh, we started getting along and talking film, you know, like every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was always looking forward to going because this was the one person I could talk to about film that would actually understand what I'm talking about, like the film language and all. You know, I'm just talking about the cinematography. And at the time, I didn't know in detail what it actually is, cinematography producing, and he would educate me. And, you know, I mean, it went on for like a good, like, what can I say, like a good close to a year because we worked there at the same spot, like with Dan also, from like February up until December, up until like January, I think January 2013. And one day he just hit me up like, yo, man, uh, I'm shooting a music video, pull up. I was like, damn, cool, let's go, man. I was, was like, this, you know, was this still 2012? No, no, this is 2013 now. Okay. Am I allowed to use uh, profanity? I mean, like, you I can mean, swear as much as you want. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was just like, you know what, fuck it, let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, so we went to sh- we went and shot the music video in 2013. Went to Kimberly, we drove down Dan. We shot the music video. We shot the music video. I helped the guy with lighting and you know setting up some of the stuff, you know, and dumping footage. And that seems so interesting to me, you know. And then one day, one of one of the days when we were in Kimberley, Dan and him went out to go buy beer, and I just opened the iMac and I was just playing around like with a software called Final Cut Pro at the time. You know, I'm playing around with it, and it's just getting more and more interesting. I'm like, this is what's this is something I need to get into, you know. Mm. So after the, I mean. 
obviously I was still, I mean, what is this doing accounting at Central Johannesburg College? Uh, yeah, I was doing financial accounting there. And, you know, now it, now these two things are just colluding, getting to, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm just having hours. What is this battling like with, do I want to finish school or do I want to, you know, just go take on this full time? But I just didn't even know where to start, you know? So I just decided, you know, let me just finish school and then I'll find a way, you know? So like, I mean, most of the year went by, 2013 went by and I didn't really do much in terms of film, but I just kept watching films and just looking up like a few references here and there. Then 2014 came and it was during the World Cup. Before the World Cup actually kicked off, the same guy called Jojo, I mean, we call him Jojo, but his name is Joseph Mayemo, Joseph Mayemo Mube. He called me and he's like, yo, bro, I'm shooting a film and I'm going to need you on set uh, to help me out. I was like, oh shit, okay, cool, bro, I'm going to pull up. Then he told me that he also wants me to help him like do the writing for the film. Yeah. I think that was just like the turning point for me. So after the World I mean, before the World Cup kicked off on our last day at Central Johannesburg College, they just asked me, hey, what are you going to do uh, next semester? I just told them, I'm not, I'm not coming back. I'm dropping out of school. I'm going to shoot a movie. That's all I said. That's a very, yeah. that's a very brave move. Just sorry. Sorry for cutting off there. I think yeah, yeah. Um, it, it seemed like you already made up your mind um, saying that, I'd, you know, I'd drop out of school and saying, listen, I'm putting all, you know, I'm putting, I'm putting everything behind the line here. And that's, that's kind of the story I'm getting from you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was just putting everything on the lines. Just like, you know what, man, it was like a a fuck it moment. Like, you know what, I know I'm going to be successful at this, you know, but I just have to like, you know, just make the first initiative and just actually do it. Even though I don't know where I'm going to start or where I'm going to get the equipment or the money. You know, it's just like, fuck it, let me just do this. And he told me he was going to pay me. So it was just like, damn. It's mm. just, everything's just coming together, you know, piece by piece, you know. We shot the film, Dan starred in it. So just so you know, he's a, you know, he's, a, he's an actor slash producer slash, I don't know how many things he does, man. But yeah, he's a jack of all trades, I'll say that. Yeah. We shot the film. Uh, it took a bit of time. It took a bit of time for the film to actually come out, and the film premiered on what is it, some Zanzi magic, and it was during a Barcelona match. I think it was Barcelona versus I don't know, was it PSG or something? I just forgot what actual match it was. It was like such a big game. The guy just told me that the film is on Zanzi magic, right? Okay. I just checked. I watched the film for a bit, but I'm just contemplating like football and watching this film. You know, just like you know, fuck it, man. Let me just watch the film. But this but is your film. Yeah, you know, I'm like, let me just watch the damn film, you know. I watched the film, get to the end credits. I saw my name there. I just saw my name at the end credits of an Mzanzi Magic film. I think that was just powerful. Like, just that in its, in its entirety was just powerful. You know, and I sent it to my mom, and I showed my dad, but they didn't know what I was doing yet. They didn't know what, what the hell I'm, what's, what's going on. In their heads, they knew that I'm still going to school. I'm still, you know, being a good boy, you know, being, I mean, the obedient son that they love and know, you know. And then from there, we just fast forward close to, what is this, December, I think November, December. Uh, a friend of ours, Sapulelo Mluli, was having like a, what is this, uh, an art exhibition at Kez. Yes. Even since he's the reigning champ, yeah, he's a reigning champ there at Kez for some specific award. I think Artist of the Year or some, or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, so he hit us up to come and support him. And by the time I was already like struggling now, I've dropped out of school, I got no money. My parents are not giving me money no more, mm. you know, because now I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit grown up. 2014, I mean, 2014, that's like six years ago, I was 21. Mm. That's like, it's, it's a cutoff point for me now. They're not, they're not giving me money as frequently as they were supporting me, like they were. 
and I'm just going through the motions, like everything's just, you know, just getting fucked up, man. And I previously applied to like the New York Film Academy, you know. So one day I'm just chilling there at my balcony, just contemplating life, man. Like, man, why does, why do bad things happen to good people? I'm asking myself that question, you yeah. know. Yeah, and I'm not getting the answer, but my phone rings. And I had like an iPhone 4S at the time. And it says Los Angeles. And I'm just wondering, man, who the fuck do I know in Los Angeles? Why the fuck are they calling me right now? You know, I think it's probably called, what is it, imposter syndrome probably thinking, I mean, I don't deserve to answer this phone call. It's from Los Angeles. I don't know anybody from there. You know what? I just, I cut the call, actually. They call me again. I'm wondering, why they, why they keep calling me, man? Do I have some debt collected? <laughs> Did you think it was a scam or something? Yeah, I thought it was a scam or maybe it's like some sort of debt collection, you know, mm. thingy. So they call me at 30, my pick. I'm like, yo, man, what do you want? It's like, yo, man, this is, I forgot his name. I think he said Blake Babbitt or something like that, right? Blake Babbitt or something like that. And Yeah, bro, that's the name. Yeah, that's Blake Babbitt. I'm just wondering, like, Blake Babbitt. Okay, yeah, man. Yeah, so what's up, man? What do you want, man? You know, I was, just, I was being rude. I think it's because I'm just going, I was just going through the most, not knowing what I'm going to do next, like, with my life right now, since this film thing seems to be failing. And it's like, yeah, we're calling you from the New York Film Academy, and we received your application, and I just forgot the, the words that he said further, but something, something, you just need to, like, apply further, I mean, for a specific thing, and then we can go through the interview process and, you know, some stuff like that. Damn! Bro, like, my, my whole world just changed after that. I'm just like, damn, I got a call from the New York Film Academy? I'm the, I'm the shit, then. And that's like a sense of acknowledgement. That's, that's yes, I know? think that's the, that's the stepping stone. It kind of propels you into a new um, thinking and, you know, gives you that a sense of confidence. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gave me that confidence because that day I went out and I drank so much with my boys. <laughs> We just drank at kids, you know, you know, it's free alcohol. We're just drinking, we're going wild, you know, in my head. I'm just like, man, I just got accepted at the New York Film Academy. And I'd also applied at UNISA, you know, to just kind of complete accounting also and stuff just to appease my parents. And I got accepted at the same time, which is coincidental. I mean, it's weird. Yeah. You know, and I applied for a job at a law firm and they called me around about the same time. They're like, yeah, you're going to start like in January or Feb. So it was, you know, it was just, I mean, having to, to balance out everything. You know, so yeah. that was 2014. Fast forward 2015, I'm working a, what is a full-time job. I mean, I'm in debt collection. And at first it's exciting. I'm making money, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm making money, I'm making ends meet, but I'm not doing what I love. And it starts creeping in slowly like, yo, man, it's either you're going to stay here stranded for the rest of your life or you're going to actually go out there and do what you actually love. Yeah. You know, so I started saving up a bit of money uh, throughout the year, saving up, I mean, I think it was 60% of what I was earning, 60 to 70% of what I was earning. So that the following year, 2016, I can buy myself a MacBook, which I've always wanted. I would always walk to Eastgate and pass the Apple store. And like, one day I'm going to have this. One day I'm going to have this for the past, like, I think three years. And finally, 2016, the 4th of May, I bought myself a MacBook. Yeah. And then there was a friend of ours, I'm sure you know him, Alex Kamtondole. He had a camera. Yeah, and we're just like he he's, a, he's a he's a sorry he's a very he's a fascinating photographer. I just have to put that out there. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Reliable guy, dope. Mm. Yes, yeah. So, I don't think there's any, anything else I can say more about him. But yeah, he's reliable and he's talented. Okay, so you got the MacBook, and I'm assuming this is basically that set the foundation for you and what you're doing now. Not necessarily. I mean, I got it, and then Alex lent me his camera, and I shot a few things. But the turning point was 2016. I mean, it was mm-hmm. September 2015. I got fired from my job. All right. I got fired, and next day, I had a photography gig already. And then a week later, here I am at the Mama Awards. I mean, covering the red carpet for Pulse, 
I forgot what it was, Pulse something, but it's like a, I think it's a, it's a content site or a TV network or something in Nigeria. So okay. that, that was a turning point. The moment I got fired was a turning point as to whether I'm, am I going to go look for another job or I'm just going to, uh, what is this, follow my gut and just go ahead with this. Because I already have the MacBook, there's a camera available and what else do I need yeah. if that's not a sign? Yeah, that was like the turning point for me. I, I think also um, this is where creativity speaks, speaks volume because, you know, when people don't have as much equipment and the little they have, I feel like pushes them to be very creative. And it would seem to me that when you were there, that's when you realized that I can do so much with, with the little I have. Correct. Mm. Correct. Yeah. And I mean, YouTube is, yo, YouTube is so helpful, man. There's, I think there's nothing you can't find on YouTube. Yeah, if you yeah. just type in a great thing that you're searching for, you're going to find everything you need from the foundation phase up until professional phase. It's helped me like till today, I'm still, I'm still always on YouTube always searching up like, okay, how do I do this? How do I do that? And just perfecting my skills. But I think also just being resourceful and not having, like you're saying, like not having everything you need. Also, like, I mean, I think kind of strengthened me also. Daniel, let's start with you. Uh, What's your journey? I think because I know you're on such a personal level and I do know that if there's one skill that has probably helped you guys is that you're such, you're very good at marketing something. And um, I think you're also very good at communicating at the right time. But let's talk about your journey. How did you get into this? And I, I mean, although you guys have known each other for a very long time, but in terms of production, what made you think that, listen, I am worthy of getting into this? Um, so to be honest, uh, initially, it was, initially it was something I wasn't really into. Yeah. Um, and I think... Uh, you know, because it's my boy doing it, and you know, I obviously want the best for him, and and or and like, yeah, I just wanted to be that guy that was like, I want the best for him, and I can help him in any way whatsoever. Mm. So I began, um, obviously, when he has when he has shoots and whatever, I began helping him out. I was uh, either dumping data, running around, uh, setting up lights, lighting, uh, whatever it may be. Whatever I could do. the videos as well, you know. Yeah. So all those things, like I would, I would just be that guy to help out. And I think when I got into it a little bit more, um, I kind of got, I fell in love with it. I don't even lie to you, I did. Um, and I think the the most inspiring thing for me, and I don't think he knows this yet, but like um, the most inspiring thing for me was that it's his independence in doing it. You know, like. Mm not having to rely on on a nine to five to do this or to do that, you know, and, and have, being that, that person that sustains yourself, you know. Um, I think that, that drive and motivation that he has, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's very contagious. It's very contagious. Oh, that's so sweet, man. So, yeah, you know, I think, I think that, in all, in all honesty, is catapulted into a lot of the things that I do right now. You know, um, um, so yeah, um, it's basically started off that way. I was never actually part of the business to be to start off with, but when I got into it, I began to love it, and I did it, and and I became more involved in it. And he'd obviously, you know, um, he builds. He's a kind of person that likes to build, or rather, we like to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So. Whatever I, whatever skill I have, um, obviously because I come from a finance background, um, 
having studied at UJ, um, I, I, I would impart such knowledge onto him. You know, he's, he's got an accounting base as well, as well as um, uh, the whole production, film production and music video and all those things, you know, um, you sort of build on each other. And I think those, those, those kind of skills and personal qualities and traits um, allow the business to be today. So, yeah, I think my journey is really simple, bro. I yeah. fell in love with it. He's just like, yo, bro, come in, join in. Let's do this, bro. Make, make, it, a, make it a success. I think, let's make I, money. I think also, sorry, sorry <laughs> about that, Kuda. I, I think also, thank you for, uh, I think for both of you acknowledging that, you know, Kuda did accounting and you did financial, financial accounting. Am I right? Ne? Yes. I did become finance. You did become finance. And it kind of gives me the feeling that even before you guys started this, you kind of had the, you can't, you kind of had the, you know, you knew how to maneuver around understanding the business of production. You may not know what it means, but you know what to do, you know, you know when to do it. And I think that kind of speaks volume. Yes, I agree. I mean, everything we've been learning and we're still like, you know, learning more and more, like as we're going, mm. you know, cause I think it's, you know, it's just so different than anything we've ever, ever actually tried to do. So yeah. just, yo, yeah, and no, it's been, it's been, it's been wild. All right. So before I get into the, before I get into the music videos, I do know that there were mm-hmm. corporate videos in the mix. And I think this is why I want Daniel to come in. Cause he might, he might, you know, I think you could clarify this. What was, where, where do the, where do the corporate videos come into this picture? Um, I just think, so how it came about is that we, we want to get into the commercial space, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, commercials in a way, how we look at them is that it's a film. It's a short film on a brand. No matter how you look at it, it's really just a short film on a brand. Yeah. And, um, and ultimately the goal is to become a film production company. And, and yeah, you know. Um, so we started this in a way that um, we started going to in corporate films because we felt that this was something that we could, you know, how do, they, how do you guys say it? Uh, put the foot in the door <laughs> to get your foot in, into that space, you know. So yeah. I think that that's where it actually stemmed from. On top of that, the checks are quite good, mm-hmm. um, but I won't lie, it's come with a few lessons. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think the most important thing I can impart on any person who's trying to get into corporate um, it's to know your worth, bro. Know your worth and never settle, bro. I think those, 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 just that um, has allowed me to, to kind of understand how, how cutthroat the business is in corporate and, um, yeah, and how to sort of maneuver through those things. But yeah. and, this, and this basically set the foundation for getting into music videos. And I think this was also quite important because, you know, people always tend to forget how many, how, how much we consume music videos. And I think that in the same breath, we, the way we consume videos, there's always like a message behind it. And there's always, you know, the way I always think that a director knows how to create a, a story behind a certain music video. Even if we don't even, even the artist doesn't even know what the, you know, what the director would be doing. And I think that, you know, the creative approach and the critical approach is very, very vital. And Kuda, when you create these music videos, 
do you think there's is there a certain approach you always use does it have to happen with the content the artist is producing exactly what's your approach when it comes to music videos i think i probably use the same approach i mean probably like two two different approaches mm -hmm. i mean first time the person reaches out they send me the song right and I listen to it. I just ask them like from the beginning so that I don't waste my time anymore. Cause I mean, before I'd waste my time and pitch something and they don't like it and they want something else. Yeah. So first I just ask them like, do you have a, do you have some sort of an idea I can work around with for what you want? Or do you want me to come up with the idea like from scratch? Cause I mean, I like to come up with an idea from scratch. So from the, whatever answer they give me, if they want me to come up from scratch, then I listen to a song. I listen to the song a couple of times I keep imagining a few things and I keep writing down on my notes on paper or on my notes on my phone, you okay. know, just to store it. And just be like, okay, this is like the framework I'm going to work with. Then I just watch a couple of reference music videos and films and commercials and short films yeah. that are centered around that framework. And then from there, I begin building my idea, referencing all those other things that I'd watched already before. Even, yeah. even if it's something that he wants me to work with, like an idea he wants me to work around with, I still have to go and reference specific music videos to yeah. just see how they kind of did it and understand, uh, you know, the technicalities of it and also just look at the grading and also just, you know, just as for it to work as more as inspiration also as well. I mean, it's interesting because if you think about, I think the golden era of music videos is now. And what I mean by that is that if you think about 2010 till now, and it's it kind of transitioned into quality videos and how crisp and clean the video looks into you know your storyline and your you know whatever creative aspects one has into a video and those are kind of mm -hmm. the make or breaks for a video and i think a lot of people never realize that a lot of you know a lot of directors never and producers never ever um get into consider those things and i think that's that's what people look at because it's it, you know it goes into longevity and uh, I think that's one, one thing you guys done really well. I've always said to you that part of one of my favorite music videos I saw um, was when I saw, I think you did the cinematography and it was the Pretty Flowers by Stogie T. Oh, yeah, okay. But it was yeah, such yeah. a fascinating video because perhaps the storyline, but just everything around then, I know Daniel was in the video and it was just such a dope video because the storyline was there but the effects and like everything around there just captured the attention i didn't even have to understand what mugs and stogie and Questa were saying but from the from the get-go i think that's what captures people's attention is that something you always imagine that you wanted to do kuda uh, it's i mean it's been the goal hey it's been something i've, I've been constantly trying to work on mm -hmm. you know trying to create a mood you know trying to create a reaction and you know just work on people's emotions because that's, I think that's like the biggest and the most important thing about filmmaking, you know, I mean, whether you can capture the audience's attention, whether you can play with them psychologically, I mean, in terms, and that's my opinion, whether you can play with them psychologically, and that's something that I've been trying to work on and just keep, you know, trying to improve, creating a mood so that when they watch the video, they, they when they sit down, they just feel like a specific type kind of way, and it actually complements the song, mm. not just something that just serves its purpose. I just yeah, always yeah. want to have something with an impact. It's not just for, I mean, just for viewing. I mean, it's, it gets brushed away. Do you, it has do you, to make people come back and watch more. Do, do, you, do you also think it's about the, the, the relationship you've had with the people you've been working with in terms of the artists? And do you think that's been an advantage for you? Advantage in, in what sense? In the sense that they know, you know, they would, their content complements your production in that sense. So, for instance, Stogie T, because he's such a, his, 
you know, his uh, his lyrics could be, you know, at most times a storytelling. Do you think that would complement your art? Sometimes it's the relationship and sometimes it's just, I mean, art is taking a gamble mm. on young creators like myself and Motion Billy who directed the videos, uh, Pretty Flowers. Yeah. It's just a gamble sometimes. Sometimes yeah. the relationship, like, I mean, like I've got a relationship like with Punchline Media. So we do have an understanding, like, listen, man, this is what I'm trying to achieve this year. So I want to be shooting those kind of videos. I want to be shooting these kind of videos. So guys, can we agree on certain things? Like, okay, when we pitch an idea, this is what it's going to look like, you know? So it's, it's a relationship with certain people and other people. I think they're just taking a gamble. Like, let's yeah. see what these kids are going to do. Also, the, let's talk about the, what's this? There was one thing I wanted to talk about. The, the, the relationship mm-hmm. with agencies, Daniel. And, um, you know, he's spoken, he's spoken about Punchline Media. Why is it so important to to maintain this important you know relationship with these um, agencies? Uh, because they got the bag. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell, that's important thing. Yeah. yeah. In a yeah. nutshell, it's it's the bag. It's the bag. But also, I think it's um, the establishing a relationship with such is that it it allows you to you know go into other aspects that you didn't know or you have yet to. Get, get into it, you know. Mm. Um, be it be in, in maybe for example, um, what we did in partnering with Punchline for for a particular music video where they had to brand, they had brand alliance with alignment with Suzuki, you know, um, that sort of thing, you know, where it's now not just it's now not just a production company doing it, but a production company, a media company, all collaborating to to create a piece of content or a music video that speaks to, to the vibe and the song and the emotion that is trying, that is being uh, depicted in, mm. in the, in the song itself, you know? So I think, yeah, brand, obviously aligning with brand is the bag, but sub uh, sub plus to it is that it's, it allows you to venture into new and different aspects of the film, you know? Mm. But do you think also, Can I, I mean, add on yeah, that? Uh, I mean, the importance of I mean, maintaining relationships like that, I mean, it's because you are, you are who your network is. I mean, your wealth is your network. And not by network, I don't just mean people that you go out to events and meet, but your friends. You know what I mean? Like, Dan has put, uh, what is this, chopped and screwed onto a couple of gigs, with certain, I mean, corporate gigs and, you know, Punchline Media. Those guys are also my boys. Like, I mean, Shingai Darangwa. Uh, he manages artists like Manu Worldstar, you know, Luno Florentino, D-Exclusive, and Tony X. And they've put me onto other gigs. So it's not just mainly people that you meet at events, but also like your friends. Because they're gonna have you, they're gonna have your back like like crazy. They're gonna be like, you know, we need Kura Jimba to direct this. Oh, I know somebody who can direct this. Like, you know, they'll just keep putting me on and more and more and more. And I've gotten corporate gigs also from, you know, I mean, we've gotten corporate gigs from punchline media. So you are who your network is. And networking speaks volume. I think a lot of people just never get that right. But I also think it's networking with the right people. Because you could be in the media business and, for instance, I have a podcast. You guys have a production company. And you as a production company, networking with another production company, but it doesn't really complement your style of production. And maybe in the, in the, you know, in a short space that could complement you. But in the long run... Um, you know, the, the conflicts of ideologies can come into place. What do you think, Dan? Um, you're 100%, 100% no. right on that. Um, it's, it's very key that, that I think 
it's very key that we establish from the onset what what exactly the the vision is for each party involved, you know, um, and and work towards a go, a, a common goal rather. Um, I think for for that, it's 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 very vital. It's very vital for us to to actually establish such a relationship with a brand or a person yeah. or network of people, you know, because at the end of the day. Um, the ultimate goal still needs to be achieved, or, or rather, we meet halfway. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's a business. We need to make money, but also at the same time, we don't know, uh, what is this compromise our creativity and what we stand for. Mm. And I think a lot of people get that yeah. wrong. I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I, I can't speak. I can't speak for other people, honestly. But I can just speak for us that we just trying to, you know. I think everyone's trying to do it right. And I think the way we're doing it is a way we consider right. I can't mm-hmm. speak in terms of other production companies or, or how they handle their business. Because, I mean, I don't think we get down to the business talk. I mean, people are a bit scarce with sharing information. So it's just a certain few people that can tell you, okay, now nah, this is what we did wrong. And, and we learn from those mistakes also. Yeah, but do, I think there should be like workshops and stuff for like, especially for, you know, film, for, for film producers. I think that would be so mm-hmm. key when people, and I'm really happy you say that people tend to not share information and that could be the downfall because ultimately one could be doing the exact same thing. And people always have this idea that if Daniel fails, then Kuda and I will be fine. And ultimately, because we're a network, it, it basically messes up everything. So maybe maybe it's time that there should be a, a workshop a workshop at hand or you know something where people could communicate and you know advance their skills. I fully agree, man. It's it's something actually that we've had like in the pipeline, like with Motion Billy. He's had been having like a couple of workshops like in Cape Town, giving out information, mm-hmm. how to shoot music videos and stuff. It's definitely something that's been in the pipeline. I mean, that I actually wanted to do like towards like the end of the year, like in Yeovil. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of planning properly and, you know, and getting the right people on board to actually come and give out accurate information. It's vital. You want to be giving people, yeah, you know, like information that's not useful. You want to be telling people like, listen, man, it's going to be extremely hard, but you need to make sure that your network is powerful. You can't do this on your own. This mm-hmm. requires, you know, I mean, a snake is powerful alone, but wolves are, are yeah. great in the pack. It is, like you said, it's extremely tough. Um, and like we've all been stating, it is a business. Yes. This, this, the ad, the advent of this coronavirus has literally, you know, meant a lot for a lot of businesses. It's impacted people in such a negative way. People aren't, aren't able to create because you know there's this narrative now that if you're in the media industry or if you're just doing something, this is the best time to create. But I also feel like it could be very tough for you guys to create something because ultimately your job is always outdoors. You know, it's always networking with people. Daniel, how do you think this is very tough for you, especially during a time like this? Um, it's, it's, it's tough because um, obviously there isn't income um, or there isn't, there are a lot of things in the pipeline that, that were said to have happened already or are to come. And yeah. this lockdown has killed it all, you know, um, or rather has put a halt on that, you know. Um, we don't know how people will come out of this lockdown in terms of finances and whether or not some of these goals can still be, some of these can be achieved or not, you know. So it's, it's, it's very tricky. But at the same time, I feel this is the one, the one time where, where we, as in a business, we always have to find a way to adapt, you know, just like how 
the world adapted from the industrial revolution to the digital revolution. You know, um, it's it's how we it's it's the only way to survive. We have to survive, and um, I think putting our thinking caps together, you know, chatting about ideas on groups. Um, like we have a group uh, just as uh, a company where we just uh, spitball ideas. You know, he can come, Kuda can come through and bring up an idea. So it's either shooting out ideas or just um, conceptualizing a particular uh, film or music video or whatever it may be. But I think at this point in time, it's to adapt. And that's yeah. the only way the only way to, you know, um, sustain yourself in the future. But I mean, it's interesting, Kuda, because have you seen like now, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, live, live videos, what artists are doing. But a lot of guys are also doing, literally they're doing um, home videos and creating them into music videos. And uh, that, that could be also, you know, a different way of transitioning into this, into this business because I also feel that although perhaps as the, the, you know, the virus could leave and, and all that, but bec- it, this could actually be a pattern and people can um, just how Daniel says this people, just how people have adjusted to it. This could be a, a new way of opening gates of how people can be very creative in a very small space they're in. Um, do you think this could be the new way? Do you think this could be the new way of, you know, creating videos in such a small space? For instance, your home videos are making very creative. Uh, def- I mean, definitely, man. It's just you have to be extremely, I'm not going to say too creative or try to be too different. But I mean, sometimes the simplest of ideas mm. can turn into like the biggest, you know, video out there. So it's just a matter of, I mean, what your idea is and how you're going to execute it. But I do definitely think that it's, a, it's, a, it's really like a great thing. Mm. that people are actually doing shooting videos at home you know and probably getting somebody else to edit you know i mean somebody who's got a strength in editing you know and all of that so it it probably will be i mean going forward i I don't know how i mean the next couple of months is going to look like but probably going forward i mean i think it's probably something that we need to like probably start implementing like little bits and pieces of it Mm. let's talk finding with something yeah i think it's called like what a diy video the diy yeah, and I'm saying, I think it's something called probably like, yeah, it's a DIY do-it-yourself. As in like do-it-yourself, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the, because I'd imagine after this, a lot of people would be wondering, um, you know, the advantages and the disadvantages. And I think we've covered a lot of the advantages. Daniel has been saying from the, from the start of this video, it's about the bag. And he's not lying. It really is about the bag. And, you know, it's about, you can network. And I think there's a lot of advantages when it comes to production. But I also feel like there's a lot of disadvantages. And I think a lot of disadvantages people never disclose. What disadvantages have you realized ever since um, you've, you started this film film journey and i want to say well let me say in terms of music videos what are the disadvantages okay i mean not going to film school i'm not going to say it was a big disadvantage it's it's, it's a disadvantage and a, and a strength at the same time but the disadvantage of it is when you go to film school you got this network of people that you collaborate with and i had like nobody to collaborate with i just had myself and a, and a laptop and there's some things that i couldn't find online and i just needed to ask somebody and the information just wasn't there you know, like at the beginning stages. So, it, I mean, at least when I got, I mean, uh, everything just grew bigger and bigger and there was progress and, and everything that I was doing. I got to meet a couple of film students and ask them here and this, and then they were actually battling like, with the same problem. But it's something that I already solved a couple of years ago, so I was able to to help them. I can't think of any other disadvantage. I mean, probably the other disadvantage is negotiating money and charging beneath 
a specific amount because yeah. of not the lack of information. So, I mean, the lack of information is like the dis- is a disadvantage, I think, everywhere. Yeah. Daniel. I was basically doing yeah. everything. I mean, before, yeah, before I continue, I was basically doing everything. I mean, editing, directing, shooting, I mean, producing, scouting, doing all those things. And when the pay comes in, it's, it doesn't reflect it. But at the time, it doesn't matter to me because all I just wanted to do was just get my foot in and start. But now I know better that there are certain things I'm not going to be going out of my way to just go and do without being compensated for, for that work. Mm. Just as well as hiring other people to do that also. I think, Daniel, just like what you've stated, that it's also about knowing your worth. And I'm really happy you've stated that because it's really, it does ring a bell. Is, um, and people just generally never know their worth. And like Kuda saying that, know the amount, know what is necessary. What, are your, what do you think the disadvantages are you know, within this business? Because um, it also would seem to me that this is, um, there's times where this could be, you know, you could be making a lot of money. And then there's times where there's no money at all and you have to be very patient. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, there are some good, some good spells and some dry spells in the game. Um, but that comes with it. And obviously that comes with the game, but you also have to understand that um, knowing this, um, how do we plan financially, you know, in order to sustain ourselves or in the near future, you know, we always have to have a little income saved up for the day that a person calls us up for a shoot and they say, yeah, um, you need to go scouting. You need to go. Uh, and scouting is not cheap because <laughs> uh, obviously it's traveling, you know, it's, it's moving about, it's using Uber, it's putting petrol, whatever it may be. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having a blonde moment. What is scouting? So scouting, scouting okay. is basically, it's basically just finding uh, locations for your shoots. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's finding locations for your shoot as well as finding um, or acquiring gear or or props for the shoot itself. You know, so it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I think one of the disadvantages, yes, um, I think for me the biggest disadvantage is is this this um, money aspect. Um, and obviously, we all don't. In the beginning phase, we all don't get into it solely for the money, but it's, you know, for the love and the passion for it, you know. Mm. Um, But at some point, we'll have to think about our worth, you know, and be adequately compensated for it. And um, what I've realized is that if a person does solely or wholly believe in your talent or your skill, uh, then you will be adequately compensated. They won't, it won't be an argument for you to, to now be like, no, no, let's drop the price to here. Let's drop the price to here or whatever. You know, some of the best music videos that are out there in the country that have been raved about, spoken about, like tweeted about, like we've been known for those videos. You wouldn't believe what, what we had to go through to just get that done, you know? Um, but I guess these these were all just the starting phases for for these for for the game, and um, yeah, um, we learn and we grow. Gentlemen, I think you guys have covered all the things that I need to know, and I think most people, whoever listens to this, I think will be merely inspired. But I think you've also just given a gateway of what to do, what not to do, and from me to you guys. And although I know you guys, but this is by far one of the most. Um, game-changing things you guys ever done and i just want to say from i'm really happy you guys have done this and kuda daniel big up gents 
Now, thank you so much, man. Thank you for having us. Before we actually go, mm-hmm. I just want to, I mean, just in, let me not say imparting your knowledge, but just say that your network, I can't stress this enough. Your network is important. Your network doesn't have to be people that you meet at events. Your friends can get you to where you actually need to get to. So never doubt the, the power that your friends have. They might know somebody that knows somebody. Hey, guys, that's very important. That will get you there. So it's not just merely people that you go bump into, but the friends that you grew up with are really important. A really really important aspect of your success, a really important part of your success going forward. Gentlemen, it's been real. Thank you so much. Sorry, Daniel. Yeah. Um, Thanks so much for having me and Kuda on on the podcast. Yay. I think it's my first podcast here. So Kuda, I think you can add podcast to the list to the list of things I've done. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's also my first one. It's also my first one. I haven't done anything. This is the first one. And the first one being on a friend's network. So I mean that makes it like even I mean a hundred times better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Listen, teamwork, Mr. Dreamwork, nothing but love. Um, guys, take care of yourselves. And in the midst of all this mess, I have no doubt you guys will progress. You too, man. Thank you so much.